this might this might never see the light of day. Yeah, in which case. <laughs> <all right. laughs> whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And uh, today we're going to be answering a bunch of questions. We love questions. This we, is great. We don't even have to think about anything. We literally just got a whole episode of people's questions, which is going to be fun. It is going to be so much fun. Um, and we're also going to be shooting this uh, and making it available on YouTube. So if you do want to watch this on YouTube, you can uh, just search for whiskey.buzz and the whiskey topic, and I'm sure you'll find us. And there'll be a link in the show notes because yeah. that's how we do things here. And you'll get to see our faces. I know, right? I'm going to toss, you know, he's got these papers. Yeah, I'm going to just... toss them like David Letterman. I miss David Letterman. When I know. It's my favorite part of the show. I, mean, I just know. That, Yep, I know. I'm gonna it totally was great. Copy that. I yes, guess I you got to. You got to. <laughs> Perfect. Gotta do it. Um, but we're gonna get right into this. We're gonna go right in. Uh, well, first of all, what are we drinking? This is the format of the podcast. Yeah, so. this is the format. Of, this is a podcasting. So, what, what do we have right here? We've got a uh, four roses single barrel OBSK uh, barrel strength cask selection, um, and this is from uh, Aster uh, Wines and Spirits in New York City. Wow. Um, my husband picked this up when he was there um, and brought it back, and he gracefully reminded me this morning as it is a Sunday middle Mid of the day. Yeah, he was like, yeah. don't forget that's the barrel strength one. So um, this one I quite enjoy actually. And this isn't your standard single barrel four roses you can buy anywhere else. No. So there, what are the differences here? What it's, what's uh, the recipe, the recipe is specific. Uh, and uh, so we're looking, like I said, at OBSK. I know we're OESK fans. We are OESK we, fans. We were just, we were one letter off. Um, <laughs> So, and this one has, has been uh, specially selected for uh, Aster Wines and Spirits. So uh, they were able to go in and buy an entire barrel worth of stuff, which is like the dream. Yeah, so what, what people can do is basically go to the distillery, taste barrels, like, I, I like this barrel here, this is my favorite one. Yeah. And then that, they'll just bottle it for you. Yep. Whatever recipe, and this is a certain mash bill and certain yeast strength, yeah. and it's uh, cast strength. So not a drop of water has been added to this. Maybe one day we'll have one that's especially selected by the Whiskey Topic. Yes, that would be very nice. Yes. And expensive. And mm. very expensive. Well, if you'd cheers. like to contribute to our GoFundMe for that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ooh. Cheers. Ooh, I know it's not OESK, but it's got, um, I find the OSK has the, the nicest balance between the sweetness and the and the booziness, yep. but um, this is still really nice. You get the really brown nice. sugar, the citrus. Very Absolutely, nice. yep. It's got that nice little spice on it. Lovely. Yeah. Enjoyable. All right, Mark. So right. what's the what is the context for what we're doing right now? Tell us a little bit about how you got these questions. Um, sure. So I did a tasting for the Barry Scott Whiskey Association. It was like a 180 people dinner for Robbie Burns and great group. Great yeah. group. You've yeah. done a tasting there yep, as well. Yeah, I did a tasting um, for them too. And, uh, and they were just like, hey, we're going to just leave these question cards on the table and have you answer them throughout the night. This is kind of like when you get married, people ask you really silly oh, questions. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, what if, yeah. you know, what's the first time you kiss? Uh, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay, the same cool. idea. Cool. Um, and so there's a bunch of here, and some of them we're just going to skip over, some of them we're going to like. Um, <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, we're not very well organized, so we're just going to run through this. We just fly by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> That's pretty much how we do things. It's <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> All right, you're gonna kick us off. You got the first yeah, one. Yeah, I'm gonna kick us off. Let's do it. Let's ask Mark. Okay. I'm gonna see if we can stump you in some of these. Oh boy. 
Mark, mm -hmm. is the whiskey in the bottle 100% the age listed, or can it be a certain percentage of something younger? Ah, great, great question. Great question. And the most of the, yeah, like it, <laughs> throw it, toss it. Um, I think the uh, answer is uh, it usually almost 100% of the time in most countries, the answer is yes, it's true. If you have a 12-year-old scotch, yep. not a drop of it can be younger than 12 years old. It if can you have, be older. It can be older. But it cannot be younger. cannot be younger. Uh, if you have a 10-year-old bourbon, not a drop can be uh, younger than 10 years old. So that, that age statement is absolutely correct. There's a few exceptions. Um, Tell us about them. Uh, they're not necessarily used very often, but certainly uh, with Canadian whiskey, you can have a little bit of, of an older, younger spirit. Uh, so, for example, a Canadian whiskey distiller might uh, bottle something at 20 years, but, uh, you know, that might be too sweet, so they want to kind of mellow it out with something really uh, with the younger. It's, it's only up to 9%, and it's not like a cost savings or anything. It's more used as a way of kind of more, making more, more creative whiskey. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess Canada's probably the exception to that rule. Um, your American whiskey category, so if it's not a straight rye, not a straight bourbon, it could potentially have something else in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Food coloring, uh, flavoring, mm -hmm. anything really. But for the most part, almost a single malt scotch, bourbon, rye, uh, Irish whiskey, Japanese whiskey, uh, you name it, pretty much age statement on the bottle is, is, is accurate. And anyway, with Canadian whiskey, age statements are pretty rare, up until recently. That's right. So it hasn't really been an issue. If you buy a Canadian whiskey, typically it doesn't have an H statement on it Correct. anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That kind of came along with almost what we've seen lately, which is like sort of the premiumization of um, Canadian whiskey to sort of to compete better, I guess, with the single malt category. And yeah. 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 Great Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Um, are smoky whiskeys infused with real smoke? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Another one, smoky whiskey. So when we say smoky whiskeys, what we're usually referring to is peat. Yeah. Uh, so originally uh, peat, well, it's funny, I guess it depends on what your definition of infused is because what we're looking at when we have a peaty whiskey um, is the malt um, has been smoked with the peat, which used to be sort of the, the, the heat source for drying the malt when you're, when you're going through the, the malting process. Um, so you're getting those those smoky notes actually from the barley itself, which I guess have been infused, infused. with smoke. So yeah, yeah. But in no way, shape, or form, it, peated whiskeys would you be adding any kind of infusion, like a like a tea bag or anything, like you would in gin after it's been um, distilled. Yeah, so like a smoked cocktail, exactly. smoked gin, where you yeah. would do it after the fact. Yeah, your your core ingredient before you do any before you even make any alcohol. Yes, that's the part that's been infused, the barley. The barley. Yes. And everything else is that's it. That's, that's all it. you can do. I mean, it's it's scotch, it's whiskey. You can't do anything else with that whiskey. That's right. Uh, you can't smoke it any other way. You cannot. Uh, interesting to note, though, the the peatiness level, um, sort of before distillation and after distillation is sometimes different. So mm -hmm. always good to kind of figure out, the and, and each brand sometimes uh, goes about which number they use. So uh, if you're into PD whiskeys or if you're getting into PD whiskeys, always good to keep in mind that um, you might want to find out whether or not your your PPM, which is your phenol parts per million, is, uh, is uh, after the fact or before the fact, because that will sort of impact how smoky it is. Yeah, that's true. Like a Balmore is like a 25 parts right. per million or whatever yep. and a, like a Laphroaig is like 50 or yep. 45, 45 something like 50. that. Yep. Um, yeah. Or an Octomore. Octomore is like 280. Fill your entire apartment with the smell. <laughs> you walk in, it's, it's, it's in your face. It's, it's the one you smell the next day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it all depends. And, uh, and of course, age, how old the whiskey is also affects the, part of the smokiness because as it ages, the less smoke is apparent, typically. Indeed. 
yeah. what's the different smoke clubs? Uh, Belvenese is a Highland Park, a uh, Highland Park, a Highland. Highland, uh, exactly. So the kind of peat that you're using peat. actually oh makes boy. A, a difference as well. So do your research. This is a rabbit hole. This is clearly a rabbit <laughs> We're hole. We're going down the Wikipedia. We just keep pressing all those link buttons and now we've opened 34 tabs. I feel, I feel like the answer should be like, yes, and yes. then move on. <laughs> like, uh, in short, yes. yes. <laughs> just, the malt is infused with the smoke. <laughs> at the barley stage. The barley stage. Not anywhere after. Not then it's fermented. And that's pretty kind of amazing because yeah. they ferment it, they distill it, yeah. they age it in barrels, they bottle it, and that smokiness yes. makes it through every single step That's of the right. way. TLDR, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, over to All the, right, over to let's it. do, this is a really, this is a really great question, actually, and I don't know the, the answer to it, and we can hash this out a little bit, but how is the changing uh, climate uh, changed whiskeys, uh, flavor, ingredients, etc.? So um, in this sort of age of, of climate change, what what are we seeing that's yeah. happening now, or potentially maybe also what could we be seeing in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's also a very uh, let's let's start off with the, the easy answer. Um, when things are warmer, when the climate's warmer or drier or what have you, that does affect the barrels. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you and I like, like to say the barrel's kind of its own little atmosphere. It's got its own kind of semi-permeable membrane. Uh, things come on, things come out. Uh, usually it's alcohol and water that comes out. Mm -hmm. If it's a very, uh, but alcohol usually comes out first. So if you go to Scotland, mm -hmm. your ABV, your alcohol content goes down. Uh, if you're in Kentucky, uh, though, it goes up uh, in most parts of the warehouse. And that's because it's a very dry, the warehouses are very dry. So water is the first thing to come out of that uh, barrel. Um, so, you know, taking to this extreme, uh, hot climate whiskeys in like Thailand and, and India, uh, parts of India certainly are very hot. And so instead of aging something for 12 years, you age it for two or three years. So I think for climate change is making it cheaper to make whiskey. Could be. Depends, <laughs> Could be. On the, depends on the way the weather goes, I guess. And yeah. of course, I yeah. mean, grain shortages, certainly there's a, there's a whole other problem with weather, cl climate change, and, and certainly uh, that. But, uh, but yeah, overall, it does, it does matter. Absolutely, it will matter, for sure. So let's take care of our environment. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, nope, I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> going to opt out of that question. <laughs> well, Jamie, yes. what are your thoughts of uh, Mexican whiskeys? Tequilas? Tequilas. I love tequilas. Yes. Tequilas Not a whiskey, wonderful. though. It's not a whiskey. Um, now, but, I mean, it is, it is fermented, distilled, it and is. it is sometimes aged in barrels. Agreed. So but it is not make made whiskey? from a grain. Ah. ah, there we go. So it's not the same start it's starting not, point. That's right. So it's made from the agave plant. So, um, say, so same, same sort of process in terms of distillation, um, but not the same beginnings to it. I love a lovely tequila. Actually, some of these aged tequilas do actually take on that sort of whiskey flavor profile. They do. They have yeah. quite li that lovely oakiness to it, um, some sweetness. And uh, I think that if you had like a really uh, lovely aged tequila, you could probably put it into a lineup with some whiskeys, like yeah. do a blind tasting and just trick everyone because some of them are so, same with um, rums, some mm -hmm. some super old rums that you could do, you could you could mess people right up. Maybe that should be our next tasting with our friends. Yeah. We'll see if we can muck anyone up. We'll be like, it's a whiskey tasting whiskey. and then throw in like a really crazy tequila that has all those whiskey flavors. But I'm a big fan. Um, a, a tequila highballs are really, really lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and just even a tequila neat. 
What about you? Are you a tequila fan? Uh, yeah, I am. I, tequila's one of those things where there's, the, in, in many markets, like 10 years ago, there was like only a few brands of tequila. Yeah. And they were like, uh, you know, I've had a little too much shots at the, at the club, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, I'm yeah. done with tequila. And you got to put the like, little lime plastic in, in and, and you're you gotta licking, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You don't do that anymore. I mean, no. I mean, I would if I was still 20. Right. But I mean, <laughs> and no judgment if you are. Uh, because certainly um, you and I have done that as well. Yep. More and more recently than we care to admit. Um, however, um, the, uh, I really like the, the mezcal category. Uh, yes. The mezcal oh, yeah. is smoky, smoky, smoky. Yeah. and it doesn't have to be. But mezcal, like with uh, with whiskey, with scotch, uh, they, the agave is smoked, mm-hmm. and they actually do it in these fires, these pits. So they put all the agave plant under the ground, and they smoke them with a local smoking plant type thing. I don't know what it's called because I don't know <laughs> about I don't know anything about tequila uh, beyond this. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they they smoke it, they dry that agave, and then they make whiskey out of it. So you or makes tequila out of it. And uh, it's nice and dry, yeah. and uh, and it's just the smokiness kind of stays through just the same. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of tequilas, mezcals. Mezcals is kind of like a broader category for tequila. Yeah, any uh, well-made spirit I think can be enjoyed mm-hmm. in uh, in that sort of in this sort of sipping category. Yeah, yeah. or throw a couple ice cubes in there, a nice margarita. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. I like that. Hey guys, it's Mark Bylock. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but uh, the whiskey topic is now accepting sponsorship, and we do have our first sponsor, and you're going to hear that ad read in a bit. Uh, we're just going to naturally flow these into the podcast in the middle, give or take. You can probably hear the children's toy in the background, which is probably one of the reasons why sponsorship and having this podcast earn a little bit of money is becoming more important than it probably was three years ago when we first started. The State of Logic podcast is like no other. We don't have the same focus as so many other podcasts where we're just me talking about business or politics or whatever. We talk about everything with everyone, intellectuals, comedians, and celebrities alike. Sometimes it's a 20-minute interview. Sometimes it's a three-hour interview. But at the end of the day, it's a great conversation that we often laugh about and learn something from at the same time. Come check us out at the State of Logic podcast. All right, Mark, this is a highly controversial question. Oh. All-time favorite single malt scotch. Don't forget who you're sitting with right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. <laughs> there are a, a whole station. I, like, I, I get asked this all the time. I, I don't have a, I don't, I can never have a favorite whiskey. I feel like that's, if, if I did, I, you know, I feel like I have a favorite beer and I have a favorite wine and mm-hmm. it's not a type of wine or a beer. I'm just like, I we say this all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like a high-proof IPA. If I go to a bar, yeah. I don't care where it's from. I mean, I do care a little bit, but I just generally, if I'm at a bar, I don't not frequent recently, I'm just like, just give me the high-proof IPA. Yeah. And I like that. Yep. Uh, if I go to a restaurant, I want a dry red. Mm-hmm. Earthy dry red, mm-hmm. whatever, that's fine. I don't even know what those words mean together, but that's what I like. Um, generally, you get what you want when you ask for that. Exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. learned over time that ask, <laughs> use these words together and I'll get something. And you'll get I'd, something you like, yeah. Um, Very smart. Uh, with whiskey, I'm not that way. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy a whiskey I'm drinking, but I don't necessarily, uh, but I'm also very... I mean, every day I want to taste something different. So yeah. I don't have my I don't have my jam jam. Yeah, no, I and I'm I'm the same way. And I, I think people who've listened for a long time sort of know where we're we sort of jump all over the place. Like when we started the podcast, Mark was like the single malt guy, and I came in mm-hmm. as like the bourbon person. Like we we both sort of had you know we're representing different categories. And Mark introduced me to a lot of single malts. I introduced him to some. Um, Bourbons, and so I think, uh, yeah, I think you know, it depends on the day, depends yeah. on the context, depends on the moment. Right now, 
four roses is just hitting the spot, right? Absolutely. So like couldn't ask for anything better in this moment right here, right now. So yeah, that's a that's a tricky question. It is. It's a real, they, and there's some that are great uh, single malts or great whiskeys that you like for no other reason than it it reminds you of something or like you had a great yeah. experience with it or there was a great special moment that you had with someone with that whiskey. So yeah. uh, that's another thing to take into account. So all time single malt might not be the best single malt you ever had. It might be the one that you had the most fun with. Yeah. Like it could be, yeah. you know, any, any old thing, but you just had like the best night and you're just like, you love that one so much because it reminds you of that. So I totally agree. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think like, you know, there's, there's lots you can name that are like the memories you have with whiskey. Totally. Like a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's a great. 100%. Point. All right. Megan's oh, a mess in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, I guess this is a good, no, this is, uh, well. <laughs> um, so whiskeys are now aged in wine barrels. Uh, is this a new trend uh, as distillers try to compete? I think, um, well, first of all, there is a, there's a lot of um, uh, new sort of cask finishes that are coming out right now. And I think uh, wine definitely being one of them. Um, Canadian whiskey-wise, you've got Gretzky's who's doing the red wine. You've got uh, Glenfiddich who's doing ice wine barrel finishes. Mm -hmm. We've got a port finish at Belveni. Um, there's a Madeira cask. There's, there's all sorts of uh, wine cask finishes. I think, I think it's, um, you know, people, the category isn't what it used to be. And it was, you know, for the longest time was only blends. Yeah. Scotch was like blended and, and that was how you drank it. And then you got this new category of single malts and this category of single malts has been around for a while. And I think that, you know, th there was, um, you know, I know for us with the Belveni, we're so proud of talking about David Stewart because he was one of the pioneers of cask finishing. So he did the sherry cask finish mm -hmm. at the Doublewood and now it's sort of standard practice across across a single malt category to finish your whiskey and something. So I think it's great for distilleries to, and, and is it a trend? like? I guess you could call it a trend, but it seems like it's sort of made its own genre, like its own sort of thing. Like you kind of expect now um, that you're going to get a PDX finish and you're going to get this kind of finish and to play with it a little bit. I don't think yeah. it takes away from the tradition of whiskey making. I think yeah. it's sort of like it is a, a different sort of like category. It's like a, yeah. it's like a different chapter in the book of whiskey. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, no, it's like a thing, but yeah, but yeah I think it, I think. I think people want something different. We're not we're not um, a generation where we have our one whiskey anymore. Where we we buy our grants and we just and our or Valentines or whatever, and that's what we drink. We always have our Glenfiddich Twelve or our Glenfiddich yeah. Twelve. We have whiskey cabinets, plug for Mark's book. Oh, whiskey yes. cabinets full of different kinds. So different, sort of harkening back to what we were just talking about. Different day, different context, different flavor. Yeah. Something different, something interesting, something new, um, something with a little bit of spice to it, something with a little bit of sweetness to it, something that's a little whatever. So I think the, um, yeah, I guess, sure, it's a great trend. Yeah. I, I love it. I think so. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, looking at it historically, I think the one major change the last 15 years is uh, there's a lot of distilleries that made whiskey just for blended whiskey. So mm -hmm. your Diageo for Johnny Walker. 
Johnny Walker owns whatever, how many distilleries, 30 distilleries, and you, you would never taste whiskey from those distilleries because everything they make goes into Johnny Walker. Uh, there's a lot of good examples of, of distilleries that we, we just started to taste because they never bottled before as a single malt scotch. So now you've got a lot more distilleries selling single malt scotch. Well, how do you make it all taste different? I mean, there's, there's subtleties in, every, in everything, right? So there's, yep. every distillery is going to make its own product. Yep. The, the still is different. If you go to any distillery, you talk to anybody, there's a million reasons why that whiskey tastes different. Yeah. Um, but especially for a new category of drinkers, yeah. it's all going to taste very similar. So now how do you change that? A little bit of Madeira cast, a little yep. bit of wine cast, and they're delicious additions and not yes. cheap. Your yep. Madeira casts are so expensive. So expensive. I yeah. mean, this, these aren't these aren't ways distilleries are, are trying to make a little bit extra buck here. There, there's, with the exception, I mean, maybe wine barrels. Are, well, even wine barrels aren't aren't cheap. Like nope. nothing's cheap. Nope. Wine barrels are used until they die. Like they, yep. to buy a wine barrel is a thing, yep. um, and to age whiskey in these smaller barrels is also a, a, yep. a thing. So, yep. uh, nothing's done. I think in a way of hiding anything it's just no. it's it is an interesting trend and i think it's produced a lot of great whiskeys yeah and i think my opinion's changed on this the most in the last five years i think five years ago i would have been like yeah it's a little too trendy gimmicky, gimmicky. Yeah, yeah but uh, but i think whiskey makers but well yeah <laughs> who doesn't like a good gimmick uh but like whiskey makers have started just they're just doing such a great job of, of what they're producing now i don't i i love all the new products coming yeah. out yeah agreed yeah. yeah this is actually a personal question for you and oh, i'm going to keep it in oh what did you study at university <laughs> that made you so knowledgeable? And what university did you go to? Wow, yeah, so I went to the, um, to the York University of Toronto. As did I. Cheers, cheers to York to University the... alumni. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> I yeah. did. Oh, cheers to that. <laughs> and um, York University has a lot of bars. A lot of, yes. a lot of I mean, I don't know, we, we're, we're a little bit of, I went to university in the late, I guess, early 2000s, late 90s. Right. Um, Back then, the bars were just like these dingy whole, yeah. but they were typically Irish yep. type bars, yep. and they had whiskey, and they typically had scotch, because yep. that's the way Irish bars work in Canada. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that, was, that was always fond memories of that. What uh, did you study, Mark? Oh, computer science, yeah. yeah. I mean, I studied psychology, so obviously I'm obviously. End up in booze. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, oh boy. Makes so, total sense. Okay, I already asked you a question, so it's your turn. All right, it's my turn. Okay, so um, I'm down to my last one. I already stole a few questions from you. Um, what is the oldest distillery in the world? This is another. This is another quick answer, but right. Yeah, it's so. I guess the quick answer is Bushmills. 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 It says it on the bottle, so it's got to be true. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha That wasn't. There we go. Um, no, but, Bush, but if you go to Wikipedia page, uh, if you read the book. The whiskey cabinet. The whiskey cabinet. It will say it will say Bushmills uh, is the oldest distillery in the world. Um, the since revised history has been like nah, there's probably it's maybe the most oldest licensed to produce whiskey distiller in the world. But they probably didn't start making whiskey the day or even the year or the decade they got a license to make whiskey. So. Uh, you know, like how it's governments do something, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to let this happen totally. We, we got our license. We're going to let these people do this. And then the, the, the people just never do anything because it's a stall tactic. Uh, what I'm thinking is that in the 1400s, the king was like, ah, sure, well, here, we, you can make whiskey, but you're not making a drop of it. And then I'm making things up, by the way. I have no, I'm not a historian. I, again, computer science. I, <laughs> not a clue, not a clue. Uh, but uh, but the, some of the conventional wisdom now is that it's not the oldest distillery right. that has the oldest government-approved license to go. make whiskey. 
when you think about the, the history of whiskey, it makes sense that we probably kind of don't actually know what the oldest distillery would be given the records would be not so well kept as whiskey was not always a legal venture. No, and, and a lot of farmers made whiskey. Pretty much, like, right. if, if you're a farmer and you farm grain, you made whiskey because exactly. you have grain left over at the end of the season. Yep. Uh, it, your choices are either it'll spoil, mm -hmm. you make beer and it'll spoil, yep. or you make whiskey and you've got something you can sell or trade. It was largely used for trade, but mm -hmm. um, so it, yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. There you go. Great. So I've got the last question. Yeah, last question. Which is. Some thoughts on the Scotch Whiskey Association. Ooh. Do you think they are protecting the industry or are they hurting by preventing innovation? Is tradition getting in the way of progress? Oh. Interesting. So I remember getting this question at the Barry Scotch Whiskey Society. <laughs> and I remember going like, I, I asked me after the thing. I just, this is too, too big of an issue. Um, <laughs> as with any industry, the Scot Scotch industry has an association run by uh, I, like a board, and they define what scotch is, and they, they kind of they protect the traditions. Yes, um, it's a little different than some countries. Like I think, like bourbon is defined by federal law. Right. So if you would ever have debates about what bourbon is, it would be like Congress and the Senate right. and the president would sign off on it. So you know it's never going to happen. Just Correct. not. Um, so so that's the way it's done in the U.S. Uh, in Canada, it's just some dude's desk, I'm sure, is just signing things. I don't know. It's, it's also legislative. In, in Canada, it's, it's also yes. legislative. Uh, but the way I look at the Scotch Whiskey Association is it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a little different, I guess. It's a little more politicized. Um, and so some of the things uh, recently Diageo wanted to make, uh, wants to use tequila barrels and talk about finishing barrels, wine, sherry, uh, what have you. They want to use tequila barrels. Right. Um, and whether or not that's allowed, that's a decision the Scotch Whiskey Association is going to make. Um, whether that could be still sold as scotch. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer to this question is. Um, I think it depends it's who you ask. It's highly debatable. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those things that you could probably do an entire episode on just whether or not, you know, they're the tradition versus innovation. And yeah. then you've got people that are, you know, firmly on the side of tradition, tradition, tradition and um, you know, purists in terms of their whiskey and they want their whiskey one way or whatever. Um, and then you've got people that are like, well, let's see what we can do with this category. Like, let's see where it can go. Doesn't mean tradition gets thrown out the window, but let's see what we can use to build on. And then probably you have some people who are in it to make a buck and they don't mm -hmm. really care about tradition whatsoever. So you, know, it, you, could, you could sort of make a, an argument for any one of those pockets. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's a great, that's, a, that's one of those ones you just put the bottle in the middle of the table Ooh. and get your whiskey buddies around and just start, <laughs> start having debating. a conversation. Exactly. That's one of those nights. Because yeah. I, I can tell you, that's true. We've, we've had guests on the show. Yeah. Uh, I know Mark Rayner is probably the most memorable. And he yeah. was like, yeah, if you, um, if you do, uh, you know, he doesn't like the way they define Irish whiskey in Ireland and how that definition was that they think it's too broad or, and he certainly has, there, there's, a lot of opinions. We got in, in the notes. I'll post a few podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can listen to people that know about this stuff and this topic more than we do, uh, just because we we don't make whiskey, so we don't. We, we don't know if it's we just talk about yeah. It we just talk about it. Them. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, great. Any, well, any, that was great. That was excellent. What a good, insightful. Those were some great questions. They were. Uh, they're all. Maybe we shouldn't have thrown them. I know. Now we got <laughs> now we got to clean up after ourselves. Um, thank you, the Delta, for uh, providing this room for yes. us. That was really yes. Nice, char number five. With Awesome whiskey bar mm -hmm. downtown Toronto. Yeah, yeah. come and here and hang out. Absolutely, and uh, if you liked what you saw, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes. 
Google Play, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, or YouTube now, apparently. Apparently. Uh, this works out, I have no idea. This might this might never see the light of day. Yeah, in which case, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. In the floor, the band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you see.